Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. So we want to go to Acts 19, and we're beginning in the first verse of that chapter. And it came to pass that while Apollo was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Everyone say disciples. These are disciplined men. Amen. They were men of understanding to a point, but even in their religion, as they knew it, they needed a realignment. Amen. So he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Everyone say Holy Ghost. Say it's separate than believing. It's important because that message is trumpeted throughout all of Christendom that when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost comes into you. But Paul is doing an epic waste of time. By traveling through the upper coast to Ephesus, because historians say that someone had communicated to him that there were some disciples of John there. And he's not only wasting time, he's wasting money, and he's anointed to reach the lost. And he, as a man anointed to reach the Gentile world, is wasting his time on people who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, maybe that's conjecture. But let's read on. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, "Then, <laughs> what then were you baptized? Okay, so now Paul's like, okay, you don't know about the Holy Ghost. I better back up and make sure you got Jesus' name baptism right. Because I can tell you believe on Jesus Christ. You've got a repented life. You've been baptized under repentance. So he's going through the steps of salvation. Amen? And so he backs them up to baptism. And they said, unto John's baptism. Well, baptism of John was, I baptize you unto repentance. He's not using the name of Jesus because it was not revealed as of yet. And simply, Jesus had not died yet. So therefore, in this situation, Jesus has now all protracted out. Jesus has now died. And Paul is saying, well, there's, there's revelation for you here. There's a realignment for you here. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? Verse 3, we went down through that. And in verse 4, he said, then Paul, then said Paul, John verily baptized unto of repentance, with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Notice the timeline. Jesus had not died when, when John the Baptist is baptizing, and he says, believe on Jesus Christ. 
But the mainstream church today is saying the same thing that John the Baptist was saying. Believe on Jesus Christ. And they're good people saying good things. But the problem is we have greater revelation. Amen? Yeah, so I'm already preaching, I think, and you're still standing going, Pastor, let us sit down. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They realized that they were standing at the road of repentance, looking to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but they were in a position that had not enough revelation, and they needed to be repositioned into the revelation that God wanted for them that had already come. They were living in the dark days. They were trying to put a prayer box on the outside of the building when they had the 21st century website. I make the strangest applications, Brother Jens, and you just <laughs> Some people have to follow, but, you know, they're like, okay, I'll make up my own application on that one. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the, Lord Je in the name of the Lord Jesus, verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues. Everyone say, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Say, it's different, it's different from believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that. Or you will lose out to truth, and you will water down what your experience should be in God. These men experienced God in repentance. They had an experience that they lived on. And Paul shows up and says, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name and you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And how did he know they were filled? Because they spake with tongues. The word does not waste letters. This is not Paul's epic waste of time. Baptism in Jesus' name and infilling of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, was so necessary that the Word of God forever records it. And he took time out of his busy schedule of reaching the lost to go save someone who the mainstream world of Christendom said is already saved. I love the truth. It will change the way you live, the way you think, and the way you walk. Jesus, we love you today. I pray that you would use the word of God today to realign our hearts and realign our vision, that you would reposition us and you would reprovision us in the name of Jesus. Everyone said amen. You may be seated. All right, half my sermon's over. You got half the sermon while you were standing. And you were like, oh, thank you, pastor. That was hurting. No, we have a pretty young congregation here, and I, I really appreciate the vitality that you guys have. You're welcome. <laughs> and, and we have one sassy one in the bunch. <laughs> we all know who that is. No pointing, no pointing. I want to preach to you today religious uh, realignment. In, in the sense that we have to understand that every one of us builds traditions we just do it as a human being we're comfortable in traditions we're comfortable in doing things the same way i'm comfortable in coming home i'm comfortable in calling jamal i know he's going to pick me up at the airport 
I know he's going to shake my hand and put my luggage in his trunk and he's going to open the door for me and I'm going to get in and I'm going to be able to ride home and never have to worry about where I forgot my car in the parking lot. All of these things, I, I, I'm building traditions every day just because that's my human, our human nature. And while I began to look at that, I, I noticed that God began to speak to me this week about how he prunes us. And I was walking with my daughter Eden and we were going along the path that's near our house and I said, look at those beautiful trees and there's some trees that were turning a bright orange. And I said, isn't that amazing? She's like, yeah, it's so pretty, Dad. I said, did you know that those leaves are actually dying? That tree is pulling resources back into its trunk so it can survive the winter. And so what you're seeing as beautiful is actually a pruning in a way, a cutting back. And so I was talking to her about that just to explain to her how, it, how life has ebbs and flows and how there are times in your life where you feel like things get cut off, but it's really not a cut off, it's just a cut back. Because then when spring comes, all of that sap and all of that energy is reached out to those limbs again, and they bud and they bring forth new fruit, amen? So there's seasons of our life that we go through and we have to realize that there is sometimes financial realignment, there's sometimes spiritual realignment, but there definitely always is a realignment from the Holy Ghost, amen? And Paul is realigning these good men, these disciples of, of John. They, they know to live for God in repentance and he comes and he doesn't say, hey, you're wrong. You got it all wrong. You guys are not even close to where you need to be. He approaches them and entreats them about what do you know? What revelation are you living in? How are you aligned with the wisdom and the power of God that's already been poured out on this earth? And they realize in the conversation, and Paul starts to get a very clear picture that these men have not been filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is our guide and our teacher and our reminder and our help and our hope. And there's one thing that we need more than anything is a guide and a help and a teacher and a hope in this world. Amen. Somebody in this room today. We need to not only believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but we need to have something that realigns us when we get to the house of God. And when the Holy Ghost begins to move in such a sweet way as it did here, all of a sudden stuff can be pruned out of our life that we couldn't get rid of ourselves. And we start to feel a revitalization and an energy source coming from God that begins to tell us that there may be a winter season coming, but you're going to get through it and you're going to bud again and you're going to bring forth fruit again and your branches are going to be plentiful once again and God is doing a work and realigning your resources amen somebody amen. so I started thinking about this and I like to go to the chiropractor <laughs> I'm a little crazy because people are like you like to go to the chiropractor I love to go to the chiropractor because I understand that it's helping my body and um so I asked my chiropractor, can you give me some bullet points on the benefits of alignment? Because I, I started looking up all the different uses of the word alignment. And I found this story of a guy who was driving his car. I'll get back to the chiropractor in a minute. Don't worry. Just an ADD moment. We'll take a little commercial. Come back to it. He's driving his car. 
And his car just started just getting all, you know, he thought he had bought a lemon. It just it started shaking and shuddering, and he couldn't go on the freeway over 60 miles an hour because he'd be, you know, shimmering down the road and sh shaking loose everything in the car. And, and so he's like, man, I don't understand. He talked to a friend, and his friend had just enough knowledge. Hello, somebody. To get in him, him into the trouble, he's like, hey, I know how to change tires. You got some bad tires in the front. He's like, okay, well, how much they cost? Well, we can get them at, you know, here, and then I'll put them on in my shop at my home in the garage. I got the tools. So he takes his car over, and he gets it. He gets some new tires put on the car. And he's like, all right. These look nice. It's going to work. That's good. It was the tires. They, they were bad. They were balding in a bad area or something. So he gets out, and he starts driving. They're pretty good. But he gets out on the freeway, and pretty soon, here comes that shaking again. And brand new tires. And he doesn't understand. He thinks, man, this car is a lemon. It's going, it's going to cost me a whole lot of money to get this fixed. I don't even know what's wrong. So he goes, and he sells his car on Craigslist. And this guy shows up and takes it for a drive and comes back. He's like, yeah, he just, just went around the block and they get out of the car. And he goes, you see what I mean? I don't know what it is, but if you're a mechanic, maybe you can fix it or whatever. And he sells his car for thousands of dollars less than what it's worth. And all it needed was a front end alignment. All it needed was for someone who had enough knowledge to know what was wrong and how to fix it to look and say, this is what you need to do. And that's what Paul is doing in the scripture here. He has enough revelation and knowledge from God to know that you are living in a place that is blessed. Amen. Repentance is a beautiful thing. There is renewal and there's joy when you can lay your sins at a cross, an old rugged cross. Amen, somebody. And you can walk away with that load off your shoulders and say, thanks be to God that he has saved me from my sin. And in the sense of saving, that word saving is very elastic in scripture it means so many different things but while they're walking as disciples he says look you just need a front end alignment you don't need a whole new vehicle you need to still take the love you have for God but just add the baptism of Jesus name to it and add the infilling power of the Holy Ghost to it you just need an addition to what you already have you need a realignment amen and I began to pray over this message and God began to work on my soul and he beat me up and down in the prayer and, and I was sitting there just all feeling wonderful about a Holy Ghost beat up and I was like, God, thank you because he began to tell me, take this to the pulpit this Sunday and tell my church that everybody needs a breakthrough every time they come to the house of God. You've been driving a rough road and you've been feeling like maybe you need some new things added to your life but you don't need any more than what God has already given you through the power of the Holy Ghost and through Jesus' name, baptism, and through speaking with other tongues. What he has given this church is what can get you through the roughest roads of life. And when you start feeling a shaking and when you start feeling an uneasiness, just go back to the house of God where the Holy Ghost can realign you and set you back on a course for the Holy Ghost to use you. Amen. Tell my church that an alignment is necessary every time you're together. And an alignment is a must for your spiritual life. Because there's so much this world is trying to push us into. That we get out of joint 
And sometimes we're a little bit too rigid. And you know, if you don't know how to bend, the only thing you'll be able to do is break. And so I'm asking you, do you have the ability to let the Lord adjust you? <laughs> That's a hard question, isn't it? Get an adjustment from the Lord. Take, take the bullet points from Dr. Stadler here, the chiropractor. What controls everything in the human body? What, what do you know controls everything in the human body? The answer would be the brain. That, that's where we're going, the brain. And from the brain comes the spinal cord. Amen, somebody? That's truth. Those two units compose something called the central nervous system. Without the brain portion of the central nervous system, we cease to exist. For example, one could have machines that help the heart beat. You could have machines that help you breathe, machines that help you eat, machines that help your lungs work. But if a person is brain dead, they are clinically dead, right? No brain activity. So the brain is very important. In, in fact, the brain and the spinal cord are the first cell tissue differentiation from the zygote. In other words, when the sperm cell and the, and the egg come together, the first thing created is blood. And the second, the first tissue that's created when you have new birth is brain tissue. Amen, somebody. So the only way that you have true spiritual application to physical birth is if you have a new creation. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? If you had a true new birth. So when you get the blood applied, it's like the first cell being created, the first sign of life, is when the blood is applied. And then the first creation of knowing that you have the mind of Christ or that you've been born again is when you have the new tissue created. So I wasn't going to go there, but my brain did. The spinal column is made of the bones called vertebrae. How many know you have some vertebrae hanging out back there? How many know you need to back your back? How many know you need some support? Let's see how many I can get in here. Where's my other corny sermon titles I had here? You have to have something backing you. The spinal column is made up of bones called vertebrae and their job is to protect the central nervous system that runs through the inside, your spinal cord through the inside of the back. From the spinal cord, you have nerves that branch out into your body that go to the tips of your fingers and to the tips of your toes and the ways and the, and the way to your heart and the way that your heart beats and the way that your lungs breathe and the way that your food digests, etc. All these things are determined by the information being sent to the central nervous system. If one of those vertebrae are misaligned, it disrupts the messages coming from the brain through the spinal cord, through the nerves, and through into the tissues. 
the targeted tissues of those nerves. Therefore, messages fail to be sent 100% from the brain to those areas, which can affect the way you walk, the way you have, have digestion, the way that your body deals with moisture in it. And so therefore, anything that is even vice versa from that, messages sent from the body that say, hey, there's something wrong here, may not get to the brain, and therefore you will not dispatch the resources that are needed to deal with the thing that's hurting you. And it's the same way in the physical as it is in the spiritual. So can I just take a minute and talk about spiritual realignment? We we have the central nervous system. We have the head, which is Christ. Amen. We have the brain or the mind of Christ. The Bible says we should put on the mind of Christ. And if we have the mind of Christ and he's sending information throughout the body through the central nervous system called the Holy Ghost, and we know that God is speaking to us, but the body gets out of alignment. There may be things that God wants to tell the church that we miss because we're not in proper alignment with the Holy Ghost. Somebody help me breathe. And also vice versa is the case. What God would say through the mind of Christ to the church can also then be reversed when there's damage and misalignment. The body of Christ can begin to take on disease and hurt and suffering. And there are people that are in the body of Christ that would need to touch the throne of heaven. And because we're so misaligned and out of joint and, and, and so sclerosis or has so many things wrong with the church that haven't been realigned by the power of the Holy Ghost and we've set in too many traditions and too many things to make us comfortable that we stop being able for the body to talk to heaven and get resources released so that there can be healing virtue flow and power of God come down and altars filled with people being realigned by the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. So three things quickly. When God begins pruning John 3, he prunes us. He changes us. I might get to it. I might not, media. But there's three major things. Repositioned is number one. When God begins to realign you, he repositions you. I've got an illustration. I love my illustrations, not because they're so good, but because they're so corny. And I'm always testing your patience, you know. I, I feel like I'm an agent for the Lord, you know, testing your patience. I need about, like, can I use, like, Reese, uh, can I use, like, all the guys over here? Um, Brother Dean, I didn't ask you ahead of time, but would you help us out? And can I use, yeah, Ben and, uh, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe all the guys right here, all of you guys, can you come and help me? We'll just leave all the ladies in the pew. It's going to be ladies' conference out here. Come on, don't be <laughs> You want to help? Come on, come on. Get in a row like you're doing, facing that direction. Everybody face that direction. Put your hands on the shoulder of the guy in front of you. All right, all right, go ahead. Now everybody out here sing bum 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 ba bum 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 ba bum 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 ba. Oh, you got it. Steve had it right away. He's like, I'm okay. We want to dance. We'll dance. Hope hope Jesus is in this dance, but we'll dance. So let's try it one more time now that you all know what's going on. Ready, ladies? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also, I didn't tell you, but I also feel like the Lord has called me to embarrass you so that your pride comes down. Yeah. This is the work of the right here. So what I need you to do, I don't know if I have enough, but would you grab
Go all the way to the end. There you go. And just hold on. And then you can put your hands down. Take that one with your left hand. Everyone, take one. Take it with your left hand. As it comes to you, take it with your left hand. Okay. We just created the backbone. Isn't that amazing? Miracles are happening in the house of God right now. So what happens with the human back, you get out of position, and it puts stress on other parts of the body, right? But this is what happens to us also spiritually, that when we're going through life, there are spiritual attacks, and the Lord, the Lord is there to realign us, but the world will push on you. Amen, somebody? Uh, there's things that happen that you can't control, things that just happen to you. You didn't choose those things. Maybe it's a hereditary thing. Maybe there's, maybe there's disease or there's, there's some sort of, there's an accident or there's something that happens and it gets you all out of whack. And then, you know, there's expectations put on you at school or, or on the job and it just really pulls on you. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you don't get that, you don't get your, 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 your college tuition money doesn't come in. And then, you know, this has no reference to anybody. But look how our back is doing here. I mean, this dude, whoever has this backbone, this dude's in pain. <laughs> They're not sleeping at night. Nothing's working here. And then, you know, you you go mountain biking and you fall off the bike. <laughs> None of these references are, have anything to do with the people that I'm pushing around. And then your favorite sneakers you bought online get lost in the mail. Y'all need to come to church more. This is fun. Now look at this. Now watch, watch. Now this is going to be interesting. Hang on to that rope carefully. Now what God does is I was talking to somebody in, a, in, a, in our life group and the Lord began to talk to me about how God pulls us into things and how the world puts pressure on us. But God pulls us toward him and he goes before us and pulls us into our destiny and the things that he wants for us. And that's been riding with me. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That's been riding with me for a couple of weeks. But this illustration had nothing to do with that till I just got right here and the Lord reminded me of it. Because it's not in my notes. But watch, God will take us. I'm, I'm, you'd hang on to that, okay? God will take us and he'll pull us spiritually. He doesn't go and necessarily he does. But he doesn't have to go and address every single thing that we have in our life. Because when he gets a hold of us, he says, I have resource to take care of all the things that got out of joint in your life, that got out of place in your life. And he does what's called repositioning. Have you ever been on one of those tables where you flip upside down? Have you been on a readjustment table? And it's like, <laughs> the chiropractor doesn't have to go through and do one at a time. They do all of them at the same time by pulling on you. That's what God does to your spirit. Amen? Let's think. So you can take the thing with you. I'll get it later. Come on, big, give him a big hand, ladies. We embarrassed him thoroughly. So God pulls on your life and he positions you so that you can be more fruitful. And when you look at the word reposition, the definition is to place in a different position to adjust or alter your position. In other words, when you go to the altar, you're altering your position. 
<laughs> it's corny, but it's good. Some corn and corn is good, unless it's on your toe. I don't know. I'm going to just keep rhyming. So when you need to be touched by God, if you feel like something's out of joint or out of position, if you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and, God, and they're not getting to God, all you have to do is make an altar for yourself wherever you are and get on your knees and say, God, I need you to realign me because maybe I'm not praying in your will. Maybe I'm, not maybe I'm out of joint and I don't see it. But if you just realign me, all of a sudden the things you've been praying about, when you, when you prayed about them and you look back and you're like, Lord, thank God you didn't have me marry her, even though I thought that was the one. Thank God I didn't marry him. And you are praying, Jesus, make a way, Lord. Give me money to buy that ring. And God's like, that's not for you. And you're like, Lord, but why? They're perfect for me. And then 10 years later, you see how crazy they really are? I'm just kidding. All of the changes that have happened in your life are simply because God took you and realigned you so that he could use you better. In fact, in John where it talks about pruning, if you throw it up there, John 3, 1 through 5, I found something really interesting as I was studying this weekend, and it's this. It says, there was a man in Pharisee, no, no, I'm sorry, go to John 15, whatever the pruning, it's John whatever it was, John, uh, I've already been to it, it's John 3, no, John 15, find it for me, if you would. I gave it, I gave it to you. Take a moment for a recess, and I'll be right back. We're going to find it quickly. I am the true vine. There it is. Yes, 15, John 15. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Go to the next verse. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he, pur he purgeth it, or he prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. How many know that pruning is ugly? We have we have some beautiful built some beautiful um, plants outside our windows and they they entertain birds in the morning and it's very lovely and they came through and they cut them all down to about this close to the ground just prune those things off and it's so ugly and Sarah's been grieving the loss for several weeks she's like oh they were so pretty why did they do that but they will grow if they don't cut them down they will grow so tall by next year that they will be a problem they'll be hitting into the walls they'll be scraping the building and so they have to prune them back every fall and let them regrow in the spring and it's painful. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But God does the same thing for our spirit. But watch what happens. So he, pr he prunes us. He cuts us back in some areas. But then the next verse, look at this. That we may bear more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. When God communicates and we are in alignment and that communication gets to our spirit man, because we're walking in the will of God in the careful alignment and we're living in a th under authority and we've made ourselves line up to God's word. His word says, it says that now ye are clean through the word. In other words, he will speak a word over you that will help cleanse you and help make you new. And that word clean right there actually means to make you so that you're not unsuitable for the use of the kingdom. It's very powerful that we understand that the, the holiness teaching of the old Pentecostal gray-haired men that spent 
hours on their knees praying before they ever got a microphone in their hand and sought God and wore out little holes in their knees and, and lived life without a TV and lived life without all the stuff that we think we need to have because they had an understanding that if I can hear from God, it will help cleanse my life. He will draw me into alignment with him and then whenever I lay my hands on the sick, they shall recover. And what happens here is we are seeing a generation that don't understand the cleanliness of holiness that brings the anointing to our lives. And when we walk into a situation, we haven't spent enough time saying, do I need this in my life, not can I have this in my life. You start thinking of how do I clean myself? How do I make myself whole? How do I make myself line up to God? Because the more alignment I have to the word of God, the cleaner my life will be. And the cleaner my life will be, the better he can communicate through the Holy Ghost to me. My central nervous system in the Holy Ghost, in the spirit, is firing all the time. Why? Because I don't have a bunch of junk blocking me up. I don't have a bunch of toxins in my spiritual system. I'm hearing from God and God will say, hey, I trust you because you're in alignment with me. You can support the weight of the anointing of God on your life. You don't know, you're not all distorted and bent up and unable to stand under the weighty work of the kingdom. You have the power of God resting on your shoulders because every time you come to the house of God, every time you step into God's presence, you're not coming in with an agenda. You're not coming in with, I want it my way. I'm a cafeteria Christian. I'll take this and I'll take that from the word and I'll take that from the word. No, you know I clean my life up through the word of God. So whatever he says is good for me from the word, I'll take it. I'll align myself with it because when I do, God steps in and starts laying a heavy anointing on this church in your life. And you can support it. You have the strength and structure to support it. Because every time you come to the house of God, you alter your position so you can handle the weight of the anointing. So... I spent a moment standing, looking over the Grand Canyon this weekend. We had a job that ran long, and I drove seven long hours. <laughs> we were close, but not that close. But whenever I walked to the edge of that Grand Canyon, for just a single second, I felt about that big. <laughs> and I went, wow, the amazing God that we serve. And look at what repentance costs. Look at what recovery costs. Million, millions and millions and millions and millions of years of water runoff. A stream this big created a huge ditch. Over billions of years. I think a worldwide flood kind of drained off right there. Because there's rocks sitting on top of mountains. They don't just rest there. Nobody just carried them up there, <laughs> said, this is a good place to drop this. I don't know how I'm getting down, but I'm going to set this rock here. Millions of layers you can see in the rock. 
the beauty, but what was created and and that's elegant to my eye was the recovery of a fallen people. Death brought beauty. And sometimes when God kills something off in your life, you grieve it. But that grief is a necessary process for your realignment. Because had you kept that relationship or had you kept that person, you would be so, you would be so distorted. Have you ever seen someone who has a bad spine and they're just struggling to even move? God has said, I'm bringing this church to a realignment so that whatever you struggled to move in becomes easy for you now. I don't know if that's enough word for you today. Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Let's just thank him right now. Come on, just lift your hands like you're reaching for his hands so that he can just realign you. Lord, just take anything that I feel like I'm losing, anything I feel like has been distorted or bent or out of shape. God, would you just take it today? Lord God, I've been trying so hard to find answers and I didn't, I didn't know enough. I don't know enough. Lord God, I, I trust the work of the Holy Ghost in my life. I trust the work of the Holy Ghost. Let's stand together today. Jesus, thank you for your anointing. Lord God, some of us have been praying for greater anointing, but we haven't been seeking out your word to cleanse us. And I'm asking right now that as revelation falls on us, that we cannot support what we're praying for until you align us with your will for our lives. And I'm praying right now that someone has a fresh alignment in this place. Reposition us. I pray. And every place he puts you, he repositions you, but he also reprovisions you. And I pray for reprovision in every soul and every financial situation right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I have more revelation that was in this sermon, but I don't know that I need to go any further if you want to respond to God. Because you might need to alter your position today. And so... Let's do this. Let's all come to the altar. Can we do that? I know we don't have music right now. We don't need music. We just need submission to God's will. The altar real quick. And let's, let's ask God to realign us so that we can be used by him. Bow your heads with me, Jesus. I'm praying as the pastor of this church to be realigned. These lovely folks are praying for realignment. It's painful to be re reprocessed. It's painful to be repositioned sometimes. But it's necessary so that we can hear from you better. So that we can know the direction you want us to take better. God, and I'm asking right now that you would speak to us and you would realign us so that we could better speak to you, Jesus that there's open communication from the mind of Christ to this church and there's open communication from the body to the head, I pray. And that anointing would begin to flow through this realignment prayer today and that we would alter our position right now in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord.
We get out of your way, God, so that you can pull on us and straighten us and do what you need to do in our life. Hallelujah. Whenever God repositions you, he always reprovisions you. He always reprovisions you. Listen to me real quickly. I just want to share this with you. When Elijah, when Elijah prayed for rain to fall, he had just been on Mount Carmel. They had just had the offering of the sacrifice. They did all that they did, poured barrels of water over them, four barrels of water, three different times, and then filled the moat around the place of sacrifice. And then he called for the fire, and the fire fell. And he turned and he said, take the prophets of Baal and take them down to Kershon, I believe is how you say it. And the interesting place is Kaishan, the brook of Kaishan. He said, don't spare one of them. And he slayed them there as a sacrament to the Lord, as a a way of saying evil and, and things that people live for and the things that people are doing and, and worshiping Baal should stop. And the prophets of Baal, he said, don't let a single one escape. Take them down. And they slayed them at the brook Kaishan. The word, the word Kaishan translates to winding, winding. He said, I'm going to straighten out Israel so that they're aligned with God. And also when you see him go from that place of sacrifice where they sacrificed all those individuals that were prophets of Baal and God realigned Israel, he says, tell the king that there's a sound of abundance of rain. You guys have read the story. And he goes up Mount Carmel and Carmel is not only a hill, but a town named in that area. And it means plentiful place or fruitful place. So when he took the prophets of Baal to a place called Kaishan, which means winding, and he realigned the people of Israel, they came into a fruitful place. And so I have to let you know that whenever God's talking to me about revival for this church, I can't preach about revival without preaching about an altar of repositioning. We need to do this every Sunday. We need to come to this altar every Sunday. It's not because pastor said so or because I'm the one up here with the microphone. It's because your life demands it. And I love you all so much. And I want you to have the most you can have from God. And I want you to be hearing clearly from the Lord. So he repositioned us today. I really believe that. I speak it prophetically right now in Jesus' name. He's repositioning all of us. And in that repositioning, uh, straightening out, he's reprovisioning your life. That means a new place of income maybe for some of us. That means a new source of health for some of us. That means a new place to go and get something taken care of that maybe couldn't get taken care of any place else. You're going to get repositioned, reprovisioned. You're going to get a new job. I mean, who who knows what God's going to do with it? But if we trust him to align ourselves with him, he'll take care of that. And in repositioning, he reprovisions and then he refreshes us. When the winds are refreshing, he'll come. So today, I want you to leave here refreshed. I want you to leave here knowing that the Word of God is for you today. And then watch Him do it. 
Amen. Amen. Find somebody to pray with right now. Let's pray that God would reprint. I really want to pray for Ben. His arm's been hurting, but he really feels like God's about to reprovision him too because he's looking for another job. I believe God can do that. Amen. So as we reposition ourselves today, let's pray for reposition, reprovision. And I want to pray for Brother Mesa as well. I'm praying for a repositioning. I'm praying for a re a reprovision for his body right now in Jesus' name that he would get on that kidney transplant list, Lord God, and you would make a kidney available. He wants to be a father to these boys. He wants to be a father to his daughter. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that there's a refreshing come to the worry of this heart and this head, that there is a, a touch of God right now in Jesus' name. I know you're doing a work, God. I know, sister, has trusted you, Lord God. And I've seen Lupe post, Lord Jesus. I'm trusting God. I believe he's going to do it. She's been putting her faith out there. God, would you align and realign, Lord God, what has to be realigned in order for there to be provision made due, Lord Jesus. Would you make them be in a plentiful place? Would you bring a, a fruitful land into their life, Lord God, and bring them into it, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.